0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the JD Rucker Show. I am your host, JD Rucker, and uh, we are in the midst of a transitional week. This is going to be a very important week for the JD Rucker Show. Lots of exciting stuff happening. We are—if you're listening to America, to us on America Out Loud Talk Radio, you will. If you've been listening for a while, you probably know that here we are in the process of of uh, making our America Out Loud Talk Radio show unique. In other words, we're going to be. Doing four hours a day instead of two, two hours for radio and then two hours for for what you're seeing now on video. If you're watching on Rumble, Brideon, BitChute, you can be watching me over at uh, Freedom First Network where we've been the whole time. Or you might be watching me on a new venue over at RedVoiceMedia.com where we are adding the show. Perhaps you're watching me over the new venue, DiscernReport.com, an aggregator site that I launched very recently with the goal of making sure that we can spread the truth, spread the word, spread the 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 things that people need to hear, things that are mission critical. Yeah, I am still editor over at thelibertydaily.com. I won't change that ever because I love it. It's amazing. Working with Matthew Burke, the owner of the site, and uh, bringing just the, the news that people really want, especially conservatives, news that you don't get from corporate media, news that you don't get on Drudge Report. Maybe we used to, but now we don't. So the LibertyDaily.com is the conservative alternative to the Drudge Report. The CERN Report is going to be more, I would say, the closest example would be sort of like Revolver News. Um, Darren Beatty over there does a fantastic job and does some very in-depth articles. I don't know if we will have as many in-depth articles as he puts out, but we might have more articles in general. Uh, again, very similar to his position, we do try to keep it mission critical. You know, while I do a lot of, I don't want to call them frivolous, but but not necessarily mission critical stories over at thelibertydaily.com, we, we publish 100 to 150 stories a day, and they always have to be of interest to patriots. But over at discernreport.com, we're going to focus on just the stories that are, are crucial, Okay, the stories that people really, really need just because it's interesting. Like, just as an example, I love publishing Babylon B stories over at thelibertydaily.com. And some people will say that satire is crucial, and I would agree. But we won't be publishing those over at discernreport.com. Everything really, like I said, needs to be mission critical. That's why we're only going to be posting sometimes 20, 30, 40. I mean, we'll post 100 stories there. on, a, on a, We'll follow the news. If the news says there's 100 stories that people need to read, then we'll post 100 stories. Over at discern report, over at Liberty daily, we do that every day. <laughs> so, so there's that. So listen to me Monday through Friday on my new radio show at America out loud talk radio, uh, at, at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's 8 p.m. Eastern, America out loud talk radio, the JD Rucker political reports audio only. We'll still put, put it on, on, you know, all the various places, Apple podcast, rumble, all that stuff, but I won't be on video it's going, we'll have screen capture. It's it's, like I said, it's really for radio and there is a different, a different feel when you're working, um, just voice only versus when you're looking at a camera, reading the screen. It's just different. You know, I'm not saying one's better or worse. Just saying, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm just saying. So there's that as far as the, uh, the video show, which as you're watching right now, if you're watching it on Rumble Bridey right, yeah, on BitChute, that will be live Monday through through Friday at two PM Eastern. Again, two hours. So two two to four PM Eastern. So there's that. Um we'll be doing some exciting stuff. Well we're going to be taking calls on the new new show. Well, it's not new, on the on the advanced show. I've been getting a whole lot of new equipment. Um you're no longer going to see this virtual background anymore. We're going to be Putting up an actual an actual sound stage here at uh, at uh, Casa Rucker, so that should be that should be nice. Nothing's fancy. This isn't going to be like Glenn Beck or anything like that. We are we are getting some good stuff. Plus, we're getting for the first time in a long, long time. We're finally getting a, a producer, somebody that can help with a lot of things. That's why I'll be able to take phone calls. That's why I'll be able to to respond to live chats. That's why we'll be able to do a whole lot of things. We'll be bringing on. A lot more guests. Uh, just this, I mean, next week we'll have, uh, between this week and next week, we've got Laura Loomer coming on, Carrie Lake, um, Ed Dowd, Bryson Gray. Uh, there's uh, more than I can even remember. There's a lot. <laughs> We're going to be having a lot more guests on as well. That way you guys aren't stuck with two to four hours of me just talk, 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 because anybody who's listened to me for a while knows that <laughs> when it goes down to it, I can just talk, 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 talk. I'm a, I'm a talker. I have opinions about the things that are happening in the world, and I have no problem with expressing those opinions. Speaking of interviews, it's going to get started with a, a sad story. I mean, it really is to me. It's sad because I did an interview way back in mid 2020. Okay, and I was very proud of this interview at the time because. I thought that I helped to discover a talent, a future talent within the GOP, an America First Patriot who's going to stand with us through thick and thin, incorruptible, you know, because she's she came from you know non-political background. But recently I've been proven wrong. You know, when I did my interview, I was one of the first, first show hosts to endorse Marjorie Taylor Greene. During the primaries, everybody and their dog was back in her primary opponents. Uh, it, most people hadn't heard of her. There, was, there were these rumors about QAnon and this and that. And, you know, she was just too fringe, too fringe. Well, now things seem to have changed. As I posted over at uh, um, she, so I'm not going to read that. I'll, <laughs> why read something that I already know? She looked, yes, she backed Kevin McCarthy. Now, that by itself, Okay. Just that fact alone is not enough for me to pull my support. Okay. I know that's enough for a lot of people, but for me, you know, those same people that are saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to support Marjorie Taylor Greene because she backed Kevin McCarthy. Are you, are you going to stop supporting Jim Jordan? Are you going to stop, stop supporting or liking what, what uh, Thomas Massey has to say or any of the others? There were many America first Patriots, bona fide America first Patriots who backed Kevin McCarthy from the beginning. What about the people that that were against him in the beginning but then they decided to, you know, to switch and to to back him? Are you going to try to tell me that Paul Gosar is not a an America First patriot? Give me a break. That alone, like I said, there's there's reasons for this. Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the only congresswomen. I think she she might be the only person in Congress who's literally on on no on zero uh, committees. Okay? She got stripped from her committee. So so I mean that 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 neuters a a member of congress's ability to to do anything, okay it really does I don't think people understand the power of committees and being on the right committees uh, in congress whether whether the House or the Senate committees have have the power you know if you're on the right committees, you can do things now. I know that for the, probably the vast majority of the people the members of Congress. Senators, congressmen. The vast majority of them look at their committees as their basically their money line. Okay, this is how they're able to you know, how how do people get into Congress poor and leave rich? How do how are they able to, to raise so much money for their campaigns, raise so much money for their later for their foundations or whatever they want to call them, for their PACs? It's because of their positions on committees. I'm not going to go into the details of that. And I sure hope that this wasn't Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, Hey, I want to cash in, cash in too, like Nancy Pelosi. So, so I need to get on a committee. So I got to back Kevin McCarthy again. Like I said, whether she was doing it for the right reasons or not doesn't matter. It's understandable. I'm not saying I would have done. It. I'm not saying that that's a good thing that she backed a rhino like Kevin McCarthy for the sake of her, herself being able to get on committees. So I'm not a fan of that, but that alone, at least it's understandable. At least that I can understand what I can't understand. Is her shift on what I basically consider to be a, you know, from a political perspective? I don't want to sound biblical here. When I, you know, I don't like crossing faith in politics. I, I think we need more faith in politics, but I don't see it the other way around. So I don't want to to reach into, reach into uh, the Bible to make a a uh, a political statement. But you know, there is something similar here. When it comes to politicians, there is one, I guess you could call it an unforgivable sin, and that's if you accept and and embrace, and, you know, it's one thing to not say much about it, but if you embrace the idea that the 2020 election was not stolen, you're either stupid or lying. Which one is it? Let's listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is uh, in January of 2021 shortly after the election was stolen. Let's see what she had to say back then.
1: Well, this is just one of the issues, Congresswoman Green, that voters are saying looks bad and raises an eyebrow. And one of the reasons that you say you will contest the result of the 2020 presidential election during the joint center, uh, session of Congress on Wednesday. Tell us what you're planning.
2: Absolutely. I've said uh, from the beginning, I joined Mo Brooks in our objection to the stolen election. I believe it's our duty as members of Congress to uphold the Constitution and defend the integrity of our elections. And I intend to do that. The people of this country, Americans, by the millions, 75 million people reelected Donald J. Trump on November 3rd, and they are screaming from the rooftops that they know this election was stolen. We've got so many people that have signed affidavit. David's at risk of perjury telling about election fraud. We have all the situations in Georgia such as Vernon just spoke about, and I thank him for for speaking up and telling the truth and serving Georgians like he always does. But we have a true crisis. And this isn't about political parties. This isn't about Republican and Democrat. This is not about President Trump versus Joe Biden. This is about the truth and defending the people's vote. And it's appalling to me that our state leaders in Georgia are not listening to the people and and doing what they're asking is a complete audit of every single machine and all of the ballots. They need to be listening to the people because it's the taxpayers that pay for the ballots pay for the machines and pay for the elections. And that goes for every single state across the country. We know that this this has really been a stolen election. I've seen the evidence and that's why I intend to object on January
0: 6th. Man, I cannot wait until next week when I finally have a producer who can push all these buttons for me. I I am so clumsy when it comes to this this technology, trying to, to run the show and do it live and all this other stuff. It's 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 a pain. Cannot wait. David, you are going to be so welcome. I'm going to buy you a pony, okay? And I'm not talking about like my little pony. I'm talking about like an actual pony that you can put in your backyard if you want one. So uh, hopefully you don't because I'm not really going to buy you a pony. So that was Marjorie Taylor Greene two years ago. Let's see how her tone has changed. Let's see if she's still saying the same basic stuff. Right.
2: Kevin McCarthy did object on January 6th, and he's been a top target of the Democrats and the January so 6th committee. So do you committee.
0: believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president?
2: Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. Okay.
0: Well, I wasn't trying to be silly. I was trying to just clarify. So there were two problems with what she said recently. Number one, we'll start with the easy one. You cannot say that the 2020 election was stolen and then also say that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. She, he, they're they're contradictory. Okay. You can't say both. So if you say that Joe Biden, of course, Joe Biden is president, you know, that's not, no, you can't say that because he's, you can say that he's an illegitimate president or an installed president, as I like to say, but he wasn't elected president. And Marjorie Taylor Greene used to think that apparently now she does not. But even that, that's, you know what, that's, that's uh, what is it? It's just language or whatever. Maybe she didn't exactly mean, maybe she was just saying, oh, you know what? Of course he's president because, because he's obviously has the power of the the office behind him. You know, maybe she didn't get to elaborate and say, but he shouldn't be president because he stole it. I don't know. We'll give her, sort of give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. Even though a lot of people jumped on that, they really pounced on her for that one. Part that gets me, though, is for her to to try to say that Kevin McCarthy was like this big, big election election denier that, that Kevin McCarthy was fighting tooth and nail to correct the 2020 election. That's That's not true. Did he object? Sure, but he objected because that's what he thought was politically expedient for Kevin McCarthy. He had no intention of actually doing anything that could possibly correct the election at all. He did not. As a matter of fact, he even came out after January 6th, and I believe it was even during January 6th. She's the one that keeps invoking January 6th, 2021, and Kevin McCarthy this, Kevin McCarthy that. What about the time when Kevin McCarthy was essentially saying that he was going to to ask and even try to force... Donald Trump to step down as president of the United States. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here. Why Donald Trump, knowing his personality, that should have been enough for him to say, "Oh, Kevin McCarthy's a a jerk. Kevin McCarthy's out. He's he's out out. Of, he's a bad guy." Because that's just how Donald Trump is. If he's got somebody that says, you know, really, Donald Trump did something really bad on January 6th, and he and I'll prob- I'll have to talk to him. I don't know if he'll listen to me. I'll have to talk to him, but I'll try to get him to to step down, or and I'll tell him that we'll kick him out. I don't remember the exact words. This leak, this leak should have should have gotten him on Donald Trump's bad side, but within a day, Donald Trump had come out and said, "Oh, you know, it's no big deal. I forgive him." It just and the, the whole backing him throughout. I can understand if he didn't weigh in, okay, but if he thinks that Kevin McCarthy is so great. And Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that Kevin McCarthy is so great. Maybe he is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I had you there for a second. You thought I was going to say, maybe Kevin McCarthy is great. No, Kevin McCarthy is not great. Okay. Is he as bad as Paul Ryan? Probably not, but maybe. Is he worse than, than John Boehner? Yeah, I'd say probably. I mean, John Boehner was, was ineffective at best, so... Kevin McCarthy might be too effective, too effective at pushing the machinations of the globalist elite cabal that is currently in control of much of Washington, D.C. as we speak. I do have that fear, that concern that he is in bed with all the wrong people, very similar to Mitch McConnell. I get a lot of flack when I try to compare the two, and people are like, oh, no, Mitch McConnell is far worse. And I think to myself, is he really? Because this is going to be the first time we really get to see Kevin McCarthy in action with actual power. He has not had actual power. The only reason we know that Mitch McConnell's bad is because there were times when he's had actual power and he has used that power to do bad things. Will Kevin McCarthy do that now? I don't know. But the point being is this is that for Marjorie Taylor Greene to come out and say that Kevin McCarthy is, is uh, you know, oh, he was a target of January 6th committee and this, that, and the other, uh, maybe. I mean, they were asking him questions, but it's not like they're actually trying to go after him or anything like that. He's on their side when it comes to this stuff to some extent. I mean, again, it's, We'll just have to see. I'm not going to sit here and bash Kevin McCarthy any more than I already have, which is already a lot. But I am very disappointed, to say the least, in Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, it, it, maybe she just come out and been kind of like Jim Jordan, kind, kind of like Thomas Massey, not say much, but but accept the awesome assignments and move along. Fine, I can accept that. Going this far, eh, I don't like it. After the break, we've... Uh, We're going to be talking about stories that I'm not supposed to talk about on YouTube. So stand by. There's a reason Klaus Schwab, Joe Biden, and the global elites want your life savings locked in IRAs and other portfolio management schemes that they control. They can keep your money tied up in woke ESG funds, even if doing so will lose you money. Patriots are quickly moving their investments to self-directed IRAs backed by physical precious metals. Unfortunately, most companies that work in this field are beholden to Democrats, the Chinese Communist Party, the WEF, and others who are pushing us toward a digital dollar. I've identified three precious metals companies that believe in America first, these companies make it easy for you to move your retirements and investment to a self-directed IRA backed by physical precious metals. Go to jdrucker.com slash gold. That's jdrucker.com slash gold. So the way the things stand now, for the rest of this week, when I'm doing these shows, I will look in the camera. I'm looking at my stories. I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking. You know, I, I don't have the the bandwidth to be able to to look elsewhere. So when it comes to chats, I often hop into the chat during the breaks while my wonderful sponsors are doing their thing. I hop into the chat and I see what's going on. And somebody noted, "YouTube? What do you mean? What? Do you, you're not on YouTube. You're on Rumble or Righty on or Bitshoot or America Out Loud or whatever." You're not on YouTube, Uh aha, aha, but that's that's the thing. So I'm probably going to be called a hypocrite for this, (laughs) but we are going to be putting this show back on YouTube. I know, I know what you're thinking. I sit here and I rip on YouTube all day. I rip on Google. I rip on Facebook. I rip on Twitter less than I used to now that Elon Musk is in charge, but I still rip on Twitter. Okay, definitely rip on Instagram and all those, but YouTube in particular is one that I would say has been so far uh, arguably the most draconian when it comes to discussion of certain topics. That's why you know we we have not been posting this show over on YouTube. But that's changing for a couple of reasons, and in many ways these are actually good reasons. Like like these are positives. But the biggest reason is because you know these changes that have been happening at Rumble. Rumble is expanding. Rumble is getting big. Okay, let's face it. Rumble is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But what we're finding is is that as a result of them getting bigger, you know, smaller shows, mid level shows like mine just aren't getting very much attention. And I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Okay, I want to be clear about that. I don't blame them at all. Look, if they're going to be able to build and retain an audience, they need to be able to put on shows of people that that uh, that people know. I mean, you know you. Go, go! Ask your your relatively politically minded uh, friends and family. You know, hey, have you ever, do you know, Sebastian Gorka? Do you know Tulsi Gabbard? You know, do you know uh, Charlie Kirk? Okay, do you know Glenn Greenwald? These are all people that you know. I mean, they're not like Jake Tapper or Tucker Carlson, but they are relatively well known people. I think all of them have been on Fox News at one point or another, and multiple times actually for most of them so their shows of course they get they get uh they get bumped up ahead of mine i'm not bitter about that it's a good business move but as a result of that here's the thing you know we when we were really getting going and focusing on our our rumble channel we were growing very quickly i think we gained like fifteen thousand subscribers in a very short period of time because we were getting on the front page of rumble almost every show Okay, that's changed because again, you know, we were, hey, we were early adopters. We've been on Rumble for for a couple of years now. A no little longer than that, I think. Um, we were talking to VPs back when when uh <laughs> VPs over Rumble back in the days when they didn't have you know all these awesome big huge shows. Well now they do, and uh and so as a result, we're not getting as much attention. And I get it, like I said, I'm not trying to sound bitter here, but as a result, we do have to do what we can to expand our audience. And one of the ways we want to do that is through search. And for those who aren't familiar with how the search algorithms work, in particular, Google, but all of them, it's not just Google. We've, we've tried on Brave. We've tried on DuckDuckGo. We've even tried on Bing. I think there's still a couple of people that use Bing in in America. Well, what we found is that Rumble just doesn't play there. Neither does Brideon. Neither does BitChute. Neither do any of the other places that we go. If we put the show. We can't be found. So as a result of that... We do have to start posting on YouTube now. The funny part is that we've actually technically been ready to post on YouTube. We've, we've had our new YouTube channel ready to go for over two weeks. But clearly, I can't post a lot of the topics that I normally would post or that I talk about during the show. A lot of times, we talk about things on the show that you just can't say on YouTube. So I'm not going to risk strikes. I'm going to wait until we're talking about topics that, that, that are suitable for the extremely sensitive sensibilities of the youtube censors. they there are certain things man if you mention them you're done you got a strike or warning or whatever it is that youtube does and they will get rid of your channel just like that so so after two weeks of waiting for the right content we haven't done it yet <laughs> or at, least, at least we hadn't until now I, I made a note that today i'm going to talk about youtube i'm going to do i guess you could say an introduction to this channel uh, the, or to the, an introduction of the show to my new YouTube channel and we'll talk about it as, as well on all the other places. The shows, or the, I should say the show segments that are YouTube sensor-friendly, we're going to publish there. The effort, the and I don't care about, you know, getting a ton of views on YouTube. My care is that people know that they can find us, they know that we exist, and then they will go seek us on the venues where speech is still free for the most part. Searches for us on venues where they can find the entire show, or we talk about the things that you just can't talk about on YouTube. Think of it along the lines of, you know, putting like um, to when Game of Thrones. Is that, I that's I know that's not still a thing. I don't watch television, but I know they have some pretty pretty uh, grotesque stuff on there when uh well, Okay, we'll just use that as an example. If Game of Thrones were to advertise on ABC, there's a lot of things that they do and say on Game of Thrones that that you can't do or say on ABC, but they can still, you know, put the safer stuff, you know, safer work stuff, safe for the censors stuff, and and put that as ads on ABC. We're going to be using YouTube in very similar similar fashion. I'm going to be talking. I mean, if you want to follow me on YouTube, you'll be able to get. You will know, we'll be talking about a lot of important topics. I'm sure, but there are just are certain topics that you can't say on YouTube, so we're not going to even risk it. We're just not going to talk about those topics on YouTube. We'll talk about them. People can always go and find the show on Rumble, Brian on BitChute, America Out Loud talk, talk Radio, Red State Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, or any of the various places that do run the show, the entire show, even if we say crazy things. but. um Call it a teaser, call it a way for us to expand knowing that, you know, I'm, we're never going to be as big as Ben Shapiro, nor what I want to be. I mean, let's face it, no offense to Shapiro or anybody like that, but if we're talking about the topics that are going to appeal to the mainstream, to the normies, to the, the bulk of Americans, then that means that we're not necessarily talking about the truth, right? I mean, there are certain things that we, we need to talk about that only appeal to i guess you could say the people who whose eyes are open okay i don't want to get into enlightenment or illuminati crap or anything like that I'm, that's not what i'm suggesting but you know you you guys know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying oh gosh it is so hard because i'm actually having to sit here and think don't say this don't say that you're going to be putting this video on youtube so don't say that all right well let's just end that right now this is that is uh, for for the the producer We're, we're putting a cutoff here. If I could get one of those, those clappers, you know, the things that smack, that slap down, you know, okay, let's end the YouTube scene and let's move on to the, to the, uh, raunchy, crazy conspiracy theory stuff (laughs) right on. So on that note, (laughs) now that the, the YouTube audience isn't listening, let's talk about vaccines. Let's talk in particular about, uh, somebody who, who impressed me and then they, Disappointed me, and now they're impressing me again, albeit a little bit late. You know, there's a line in the the uh, ultimate Christmas movie, Die Hard, of course, where, uh, you know, with a um, Powell, who is the uh, the the cop eating donuts, you know, he's answering the call at the uh, at the uh, um, whatever, I forgot the name, it's been so long, but he's answering the call, and he's like, Oh, there's nothing here, I'm going home, and so so uh john mcclain bruce willis breaks on the window and shoots his his police car with uh with his machine gun and, and he screams uh, welcome to the party pal well that's kind of how i feel okay about how i feel about uh this guy this doctor here that we're we're you know what i'm just gonna play him um and i'll explain why i feel this way after we're done doing that
3: hello my name is dr joseph Freeman. i'm an emergency physician based in louisiana In addition, I am a clinical scientist. I was the lead author of a peer-reviewed study that reanalyzed the original Pfizer and the Derna clinical trials for the messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines. We found the vaccine increased serious adverse events at a rate of 1 in 800. At the time of publication, my co-authors and I did not believe our single study warranted the withdrawal of the messenger RNA vaccines from the market. However, since its publication, multiple new pieces of evidence have come to light, and this has caused me to reevaluate my position. An article published in the BMJ regarding the FDA's own observational surveillance data found the messenger RNAs were associated with multiple of the exact same serious adverse events identified in our original study. But the FDA had failed to inform the public of these findings. In addition, now we have multiple autopsy studies, that find essentially conclusive evidence that the vaccines are inducing sudden cardiac deaths. Yet the rate of these vaccine-induced deaths remains unknown. While many nations that have been using the messenger RNA vaccines have experienced an increase in excess mortality, more people dying than should be expected from past years. And this correlates in time with the initial vaccine rollout and then with the subsequent booster campaigns. Nations with higher messenger RNA vaccine uptake have correlations with higher rates of excess mortality. While the cause of this excess mortality is not known, researchers analyzing this data were unable to identify any other reasonable cause of the excess death other than the vaccines. Given now that Omicron variant is less virulent and is able to evade much of the protection offered by the vaccines, Creates a situation where the benefits of the vaccine have been dramatically reduced for hospitalization and and death. Together, this information calls into question if the vaccine's benefits are outweighing the harm. I believe, given the information, the messenger RNA vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market until new randomized controlled trials can clearly demonstrate the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the serious harm we now know the vaccines are causing.
0: So like I said, I have mixed feelings here. I I appreciate that Dr. Freeman is coming out now and calling for the mRNA, quote unquote, vaccines to be halted completely and immediately. I love that. I just wish he would have done it earlier. Keep in mind, his peer-reviewed study came out in August of last year. August. He He blasted it out there. We covered it over at Libertydaily.com, over at AmericaFirstReport.com. We covered it. It was huge, okay? I mean, huge increase in blood clots, huge increases in deaths. Come on. At that point, you say, all right, look, we, we need more studies, which is what he called for, but then he should have said, until we get those studies, stop the jabs. There's no reason, especially in children, especially in pregnant women, why are you giving this thing that is clearly dangerous? Why are you giving this drug to people the vast majority of them do not need it even if it worked they wouldn't need it which it doesn't even work so like i said welcome to the party pal i'm glad that you're here now i just wish you would have come out before but hey you know what we're going to try to get him on so i shouldn't shouldn't insult him maybe he had his reasons maybe he was just over overly cautious i don't know to me i've been calling for the halting of the drugs since the first breakthrough case I was technically. I was saying we. I mean, before they were even released, I'm like, hey, this seems too fast. Everybody, slow down. I was never never an anti vaxxer before, per se, but I can see the data as anybody can. Anybody who who's willing to open their eyes could see the data even early on. I mean, it did not take long before they were went from literally saying it is hundred percent effective, and then <laughs> you see you see that first nurse. I forgot her name. That first nurse who was like, this is the first nurse to. To be injected in, and she's like passes out. Okay, <laughs> that's where you you know you hit the brakes. <laughs> yeah, stop. No more. Let's 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 uh let's reassess this before we start pumping emergency authorized experimental drugs into arms. Let's just let's make sure that we know exactly what we're doing. But they didn't. They kept going. And so when it went from 100% down to 99%, which took, what, days, then it's like, okay, well, let's just keep going. Then it dropped to 94%, then 92%, then 84%. Then all of a sudden, they changed the narrative completely. They they acknowledge They're like, oh, you know what? Well, these jabs, they don't actually stop you from getting COVID-19. And I know this might hurt the mandates, but they don't actually stop you from transmitting COVID-19, if you do get it. So really, there's no reason to have a mandate, no scientific reason, no logical reason. Okay. The only reason to support the mandates is if you're stupid or you have an agenda. So we're going to hope that we know that we, the powers that be, we have an agenda and we got to keep pushing that forward. So we just have to hope that the vast majority of Americans are stupid and they were right. No offense. Look, I know a lot of you have been jabbed, and I'm not saying that you're stupid for getting jabbed, okay? I'm not. I'm saying that the people that were still pressing for the mandates, and there still are people, I say were, there still are people today who are saying, you know, well, I believe as a Hollywood star, as a former rock and roller with tons of drugs in my system over the decades, I believe that anybody who doesn't get jabbed, they should not be able to receive medical care. They're hurting the people. They're being selfish. Why should we have to suffer through the adverse reactions alone? Why aren't they suffering with us? Now, they don't actually say that part out loud. Most of them don't, but, but that's kind of what they mean. Let's roll an example of the... Gosh, I can't wait till we get a producer. So, Mr. Producer, roll clip two. I guess this would be clip four, but you get the idea. <laughs> Let's see what happens when you mandate COVID-19 vaccines, quote-unquote, vaccines.
3: Progress ...that has come just a week before the third
2: anniversary. Well, people we spoke with say they were happy that something is being done, but this is something that they've been asking for since day one. So for them, this is about a 1,000 days too late. Now, Nariman, I... Looking at, uh, after the, to the the day, families are pushing feds to, pushing the feds to, sorry, I'm, I'm not feeling very well right now and I'm about just.
1: Okay, we'll come back to you right now and we'll make sure that, Jessica, you are doing okay. Thank you. We will.
0: For those who were not watching the video, this Jessica. Jessica Rob, I think is her name. She, uh, her, After saying that she doesn't feel very well, you could see her face. You could see it turning pale. You could see her eyes getting big. She starts stumbling forward. She was having an episode not dissimilar from what we've seen a lot of people do, including that first nurse that got uh, that got the injection, whose name, again, escapes me. We, we haven't seen anything from her ever since. Makes you wonder. <laughs> Crazy stuff. So after the break, we will be um, talking about... Kroger grocery store and uh, their empty shelves. We'll probably be talking about a lot more than that, but I know that that happens to be the next story. So stay tuned. Folks, if you were listening to this show, watching this show, chances are you have my pillow products. I'm here to tell you that you need more. And the reason being is well twofold. Number one, because there's some amazing sales going on at mypillow.com right now. But number two, because frankly, they're hurting. I don't want to. You know, I'm not saying this. I'll probably get in trouble for even saying it. But I can tell you, based upon sales, I can tell you, based upon reactions that I've been receiving from other other show hosts, other other uh, conservative news outlets, that my pillow sales have gone down dramatically. They are hurting, just like the rest of us. I mean, many of us are hurting. The vast majority of us are hurting. But if you can, whether you've got a MyPillow or not, take a moment, support this America First company, support Mike Lindell, support the show by going to MyPillow.com and using promo code JDR. That's MyPillow.com, promo code JDR, or call 1-800-862-0382. That's 1-800-862-0382. Promo code JDR. Help out two America First companies. So I didn't have time at the end of the last segment to mention what it was, why that clip was so important. The clip of Jessica Robb just, she was sitting there giving her a report and then live on TV she started kind of kind of falling forward a little bit and said she didn't feel very well and stumbling on her words. The important part there is that she was vaxxed and perhaps more, most importantly, she was forced to get vaxxed. Now, I don't want to Claim that she wouldn't have gotten vaxxed. I mean, let's face it. Chances are, with the vast majority of people out there in the world today, if it seems as if, despite my opposition to the vax mandates, that they weren't necessarily required for a whole lot of people. There's a lot of people out there that would have gotten. I would say maybe even the majority of people would have gotten the vax especially in media. But to be clear, Bell, the company that owned, owns owns um, uh, CTV Edmonton, yeah, they do. They put out a release last year or the year before, I think it was last year, um, might have been actually, might have been 2021, they put out a a requirement, a mandate, that all their employees would be vaxxed, so we can assume that she was, I believe so many actually, you know, it's always hard to tell, I, I tell you, I get annoyed with screenshots of, of uh, stuff, like tweets, screenshots of tweets, I get it, people will delete them, and I mean, I take screenshots too, but I don't like to rely just on screenshots because they can be manipulated, so I'm not going to say this definitively, but there was one that I saw where uh, apparently on Twitter or whatever that, that she had gotten two shots and a booster. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't, but we can uh, safely assume that she did at the very least get the, the minimum requirement in order to continue doing her job because she is continuing to do her job, and apparently there were no interruptions. Point is, is that vax mandates if she were a person who wouldn't have gotten jabbed otherwise and she had this incident. And if it was, I'm not saying definitively that it definitely was COVID quote unquote vaccine related, but I mean, when is it not anymore? You know, I mean, we, we see so many of these and I get a lot of flack. I get a lot of people that say, oh, you can't say that that was vax related. You don't know for sure. You know, I think uh, about a billion people have asked me if I'm a doctor and I usually reply with no, thank God, because if I were then I would be forced to make a decision between continuing my career continuing my my path or probably getting fired because I wouldn't I wouldn't promote these and at least out here in California you got to promote them or else you can't be a doctor really you can't be a medical professional at all yes that that rule is is in effect so point being is this is that no I'm not a doctor but I'm also not stupid and I can see the trends I can see what's happening I can see that, that there's There's all these people that are collapsing, all these people, young and otherwise healthy people who are who are falling over, dying fairly regularly, sometimes not dying uh, as well, you know, just collapsing, having medical incidences, having what appear to be adverse reactions to the jabs. And so whenever we hear news or see videos like this, we've got to ask. And here's the most important part about that. Perhaps we wouldn't have to ask if anybody else did, but nobody else does, not in corporate media. And even I would have hate to admit it, but even very few in conservative media are asking the question. Sure, they'll report on it and they'll, they'll, you know, try to stay compliant with Google and Facebook, you know, winking and nod as, you know, this person, this person collapsed and, uh, you know, or this person died suddenly and uh, no cause of death was reported, you know, and that's it. And they don't actually ever mention the word COVID or vaccines. Now, before people say, oh, you're a hypocrite because you just mentioned that you were going to be starting your YouTube channel, I want to be clear again. That is for just for the sake of being able to drive more people to the truth. I do tell the truth about the vaccines. They aren't effective and they aren't safe. I've been saying that for a long time. And I have, as a result, you know, I don't get a penny from Google. I don't get very much traffic, if any at all, from Facebook. I used to not get a, any from Twitter either. You know, and unfortunately, Gab, Getter, Truth Social, parlor they don't exactly do a whole lot as far as as far as uh money. I've taken a hit for being willing to tell the truth. So don't throw that hypocrisy thing at me if you just because we want to try to reopen our our YouTube channel and post content that will hopefully entice people to come to Rumble, Bit Shoot, America Out Loud Talk Radio, Red State Talk Radio, or any of the other various venues where we are able to tell the truth. Anyway, so yeah, I just that was the, the point of that story was that she was she was under a vax mandate and now she's suffered some sort of incident. We don't know where where she is now. The I think the uh uh the station had said that she was recovering, that she was resting and recovering, and she's okay now, so that's good. Pray for her. So let's get let's get into the meat of this. We've got a story I have posted over at discernreport.com. This is actually comes it's by Ethan Hove, comes from natural dot com. Uh, titled kroger shoppers reporting a lot of empty shelves across supermarket chain locations now the reason i I, this one caught my attention because kroger has been of the various uh food food organizations we'll call them i I don't want to specify just grocery stores of the various companies and groups that deal in food kroger has been one of the most stable over the years and they even they recently just a couple of months ago purchased albertson's for for example they have they have a lot, of, uh, a lot of clout. And so for them to be experiencing these shortages is, it's a bad omen, folks. And not that I'm into omens, but you get the idea. You understand the saying. It's a, it's, that's not a good sign. Okay? We've already heard. I have pu- published a, uh, a video, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, about how they're seeing that at Costco, another bad sign. Walmart, another bad sign. You know, mom-and-pop stores or even smaller local grocery mark, grocery stores, if they start to run out of food, I get it. They have a different supply chain. But when you got these super giants running out of food, that's not good. So according to the article, social media is brimming with reports of missing food items at Kroger supermarket locations across the country. A repeat of early 2020 when toilet paper and other essentials ran bare, the state of 2023 is seeing a lot of empty shelves at Kroger, according to numerous reports, some containing video evidence of lingering supply chain problems. Not only are Kroger shelves missing many essentials, but prices for things that are still in stock, most notably eggs, are skyrocketing to unprecedented levels. On the last day of 2022, a popular YouTube account called Adventures with Dano visited a local Kroger store to document any changes in inventory and pricing. Many empty shelves with only a few remaining ultra-high-priced items could be seen. And then this is uh, the caption from that video. We are at Kroger and are noticing price increases on groceries and a lot of empty shelves. We're here to check out skyrocketing prices and the empty shelves situation. It's getting rough out here as stores seem to be struggling with getting products. One particular area of the store that uh, with bare shelves was the pet product aisle, which was missing most of the store brand items. One thing's left or if you few overpriced items of lesser sought-out brands. And back to the, the show host over at, what was the name of that, uh, Adventures with Dano. If you find cat litter, don't worry about the price. Just get some. We're seeing inconvenience stickers everywhere, and these are fresh. This must be becoming an issue again. You know, I have been, and I, I always have to say this, for those of you who've been watching me, for a long time. I'll apologize now because I do often repeat myself. The reason being is because as we grow the show, the show is growing very fast. Yeah, I was complaining early, not complaining, but noted, noting how our growth on Rumble has been slowed the last the last month or so, really based upon their their change in direction. And I again I appreciate that. I'm glad that they're growing. I'm happy for them. They've they're doing a fantastic job over there. But even, you know, as we grow, we still, we're still getting a lot of new people every single day. So sometimes I will have to repeat certain aspects, certain things. One of those things that I have to repeat over and over again is that I've never been a prepper, not until, you know, about mid 2021. That's the first time where I really stopped and said, wow, Biden, the whole Biden regime is, is driving the economy into the ground. These, we're starting to see, you know, this, the, the simple things to fix. Such as the supply chain issues of early twenty, early and mid twenty twenty one, even late twenty twenty one. Those issues were not necessary. You get into twenty twenty two, and all of a sudden it's like, holy crap! Why are we still dealing with this? This doesn't make any sense. They keep the White House kept talking about it, about fixing it, and yet they weren't. We started seeing, of course, the bird flu and and culling of of, of uh, entire flocks of chickens, thousands, millions of chickens, ducks. Turkeys of course we've heard about the cows, cows that are entire large herds we're talking about tens of thousands of cows dying randomly. This is why we have we have uh, pushed very hard to to get going you know, becoming a late prepper as we we like to call ourselves, at least in the Rucker family, but I'm this is something new to me. Again, we, we weren't, we weren't into this stuff. Now we are. We have to be because we fear, eh, fear is the wrong word. (laughs) We know (laughs) with a near certainty that a massive food crisis is just around the corner, not just here in the United States. It'll probably hit in other Western nations faster than even it hits here, but we know that it's going to hit. It's going to spread across. Okay. These types of things, they, they can't be isolated. You can isolate the, uh, you know, obviously in third world countries. Okay. We've, we've done such a horrible job of, 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 I don't want to get into into that. <laughs> that's, that's a long discussion, but now we're going to see it here in the United States, in Europe, in Australia, in places where we don't expect to not have food available to us. We've got money. If we've got you know, access, then we should be able to to get food, except we're probably not going to be able to, not for very much longer. Will it happen in 2023, you know, these massive food shortages? Let's see. Let's go back to what what, uh, Ethan Huff over at Natural News says. Will 2023 become the year of mass starvation? Ominous question. Let's hear his ominous response. The store's dairy case was also in shambles with most of the egg products missing. It's exactly what we thought with all the eggs. People are starting to buy other eggs because the store brands, the cheapest ones you can get, are getting really expensive. In the inflation department, Kroger appears to be jacking up original piece uh, prices on items only to mark them down from there and pretend they are on sale, even though the end sale price is still higher than the original. A five-pound bag of mandarin oranges, for instance, is now on sale for $6.49 at Kroger. The original price, though, was hiked up to $7.99, making it not so much of a sale after all. Well, that's not too bad. I don't know, I don't know what they're complaining about. fifty. That's not, that's, okay, whatever. <laughs> In the video, um, one of the video chatters said, these price increases are just insane. You have to wonder where it's all going to end. Many others visited their local Kroger stores to confirm and found much of the same thing. Prices are rising, and there are shortages of a lot of different things. Just paid $5.49 for a dozen Kroger large eggs, one person wrote. Uh, Somebody else said they were completely empty. One person in Kentucky said that the local Kroger store was so empty, it looked like it was in the process of closing down. An official from the company reportedly confirmed that, despite how it appears, the store will remain in operation. Uh, According to the, the customer, customer said, most of dairy and meat sections completely empty. Shops here for 30 years, almost, and I have never seen it like this. Another customer customer in Ohio sent a photo to Kroger of bare shelves at his store, asking on Twitter, where did all the food go, Kroger? The company acknowledged this tweet with the following response, along with a reassurance that the corporate office had, had reached out to uh, specific locations management to address the issue. And this is a quote from Kroger. Yikes! We're sorry to see your local Kroger sh- uh, shelves are empty. Okay, well, <laughs> a, a, a nice "yikes" quote there, Kroger. But what's the solution? And I'm not ripping on Kroger, by the way. I mean, this is something again. I'm using them as a harbinger of what we're facing here in the United States and beyond. When Kroger is running out of of items, especially even their own items, we're talking about a massive, massive supply that they have that they have and have always had. What happens when their supply is not so massive? What happens when, or I want to say if, because I don't want to say this is a certainty, even though I think it probably is. So what happens if we start to see these bigger brands that have supported communities? I'm not just talking about it like in cities or even the suburbs. I'm talking about smaller communities. I used to live in a tiny, tiny, tiny town in West Virginia, and the, the centerpiece of the town was the Kroger. Okay, I, I could see it from my from my home. I could literally. I remember I got in big trouble for shooting out a lady's <laughs> a lady's uh, uh, windshield with my BB gun, not thinking it could reach, but apparently it could. I'll never forget. Me and my brother were there, and we were, we were just we we shoot it and then hit the, the thing, and then all of a sudden we see her just walking up and we're like, oh crap, she sees us, and we ran and she went and talked to my dad, and that cost him a lot of money and cost us a lot of pain a lot of pain, but and rightfully so <laughs> hit her window with a BB gun. So point is that yeah, I mean Kroger is the centerpiece. That's not just Kroger. There's a lot of places. I've seen places in, in Oklahoma where where the entire town is basically centered around a Walmart. Now I'm not by the way, I'm not touting, I'm not saying, oh, you know, we need more of these. I'm not talking about that from an economic perspective. I'm not a big fan of these mega corporations taking over small towns. I would much rather Okay, another topic for another day. But what I'm trying to get at is now that that is the case, now that we do have these small towns, these rural areas, entire small counties—well, not small, but 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 sparsely populated counties—that are super, super, super reliant on these larger chains that have that have basically cornered the market in that particularly um, sparsely populated market. What happens if they can no longer achieve their goals? What if they they say, "Look, it just doesn't make sense for us to keep." This Kroger open in Cross Lanes, West Virginia, okay? We just need to close it down. Let's just close it down. What does the community do? Are they going to drive 15, 20, 30 miles just to get to the grocery store? I know a lot of people do that already, but a lot of people don't, and they'll be forced to. But so let's say it's just in a in a local res uh, a city or a suburb, and you start seeing, yeah, they're open, but they're dangerous because people are hungry. Folks, food is the centerpiece through which the globalists, if they wanted to, could start riots, start complete civil unrest. We can see a breakdown of society. Hungry people get desperate, perhaps more so than anything else. You can have broke people. You can have cold people. When people start getting hungry, people start doing things that they normally would never have done before. Is that coming to the United States of America? God forbid. But it seems as if that's the trajectory. And unfortunately, it seems as if our quote-unquote leaders in Washington, D.C., aren't willing to do a thing about it. And it seems as if most, even in state local governments, aren't even aware that it's a problem. So we'll see. the break. I've got a, another backstory and I want to play something from Infowars that really caught my attention about illegal immigration. So stay tuned. My good friend, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, he left us way too early. I'm so sad that he is gone, uh, but his legacy does continue. We do still support his foundation. We still support his company that is still benefiting the, the masses across the world. Those who have either been jabbed or maybe you've been, been um, exposed to those who may be shedding on you, that's uh, becoming more and more likely as being the case. More times you're jabbed, the worse off you are, and the more you're likely to shed on others. Now, even if you've never been jabbed, you're not around other people very often, you should still consider getting Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol, either one. Both of them will help your immune system. It's been demonstrated by scientists, demonstrated by doctors, including Dr. Zeb Zelenko. So go to ZstackLife.com slash freedom. That's Zstack Life com freedom and get Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol today. Anyone who's familiar with my show or listened to my show before knows that I am a, a very huge proponent of preparedness. Uh, I've I haven't always been. I didn't become a prepper until really 2021. But since then I've been working diligently to find companies that offer the things that we need and if the crap hits the fan I want to be ready for it and I want you to be ready for it too. I've picked up some sponsors for long-term storage, food, for precious metals, for for solar power. I've got a candle sponsor. We've got, you know, uh antibiotics for for storage just in case the the pharmaceutical supply chain goes down. We got med kits, nutraceuticals, uh, natural survival. Got guns and ammo. You can buy them buy them by going to JD Rucker dot com slash prepare jdrucker.com slash prepare bug out bags the works. so so stock up now while you still can Throw a bit of a curveball. I know I said I was going to be talking about jabs. Yeah, I'm going to put that story on hold. I know everybody loves it when I talk about the vaccines, but I want to. I'll get to it at the end if we have enough time. I want to make sure that we get to. After looking at the list, there are certain stories that I've got to get to today because they do become obsolete. let's face it, the jabs chances of stories about the jabs becoming obsolete anytime soon are pretty much nil. The story uh, that I'm about to get into is important. And you'll understand why once I get into it. But I first want to play this video from Infowars that really it should open our eyes. Okay, we we look at the the problems that we're facing with the open borders, the Biden's open borders. Okay, the invasion that's happening with illegal aliens coming across by the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and yes, even millions. We really look at the. The not too long of a term, I wish I could say, if you look at it long term, except it's really not, doesn't take that long for the numbers of illegal aliens uh, during this Biden-Harris regime era, the number of them to reach the millions. It's happened multiple times since he was installed as president of the United States, and it continues to happen. I don't foresee anything slowing it down. It's going to get worse, as a matter of fact, especially. I mean, here's the... The sad reality is that one of the best things that could actually, i am not best things, but arguably the only thing that, that uh, good that could come out of our, we continue with this massive supply chain problem and we start to see food prices skyrocket even more, is that maybe the illegal aliens will stop coming. Maybe they'll realize, holy crap, they, the U.S. Is, is falling apart. Why would we want to risk our lives and, and have our women and children kidnapped and raped on the trek up to the United States when they can't even get their own people fed. What are they going to do with us? It's not worth it. Let's just turn around. Go home. Let's just go go back to where, let's just, let's try to fix Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala. <laughs> <sighs> they might have an easier time than we have if things continue in the trajectory that they're going. But there is the other aspect of it, and that is terrorism. We do still have terrorism here in the United States. It doesn't get reported very often. And it isn't always radical Islamic terrorism, but let's face it, sometimes it is. A lot of times it is. Most of the time it is. It doesn't get nearly the attention that it used to. People in media don't want to highlight the fact that we do have these, these terror incidences that aren't tied to MAGA, that it's not domestic terrorists. These are, these are invaders that are coming across the southern border. And many times these people are engaged in, in terrorist activities or preparing for future terrorist activities. It doesn't get talked about nearly enough on anybody's show. Even even some in alternative media are avoiding the fact that we have seen terrorist attack after terrorist attack against our energy infrastructure here in the United States for the last seven or eight months. It just keeps happening. And yet, for whatever reason, it's not getting nearly the attention that it deserves. There was a major one in Las Vegas last week, and I actually held on the story. Let me me just pull it up. Let's pull up the story here. Let's see. So this was first published over at um, over at Zero Hedge, Tyler Durden over there. And I wanted to read my commentary real quick because it highlights, you know, my own idiocy. I guess I held off. Is the, the title of it, by the way, is uh, "is media blackout over terror incident at Vegas power plant." I held off on posting this article over the weekend because I thought, or hoped, it would be adjusted on Monday. By then, I reckoned corporate media would catch up with alternative media and hu- and report this huge story that has tremendous implications. A terrorist attack on an important piece of America's energy infrastructure should be big news, right? Well, it wasn't. Nobody's covering it. A Google News search for Vegas pops up concert information, a local shooting, and news about the, the Raiders. Only one story today even touched on the fact that a major terrorist attack that will take at least two years to fix took place on U.S. soil, which I'll be discussing on the J.D. Rucker Show today. So let's get to Tyler Durden's article. The U.S. power grid is under attack as extremists shoot, sabotage, and vandalize electrical equipment at power stations. One of the highest profile attacks was when two men used guns to paralyze a substation in Washington State on Christmas Day, leaving thousands without electricity. The incident made national news, but strangely enough, another attack last week on the Vegas the Las Vegas power grid went unnoticed by the national press. And he says unnoticed. Let's It was intentionally ignored. Mohamed Mismarian, 34, rammed his car through the gate of a solar power generation plant outside Las Vegas on Wednesday and set his car on fire, intending to damage a massive transformer. And there's a quote from, from uh, eight news. Now employees of the plant said they found a car smoldering in a generator pit. I mean, come on. Uh, the the uh, mega solar array facility provides power to 13 properties on the Las Vegas Strip, all belonging to MGM Resorts. Investigators believe Ms. Marion quote siphoned gasoline from his car to put on wires at the transformer. The, the point here, folks, and let me let me go ahead and this <laughs> is sad. Um, the point here, folks, is that this was not like oh you know some random random act. This was intentional. This was planned out, and this was carried out with with the intention of trying to take out this huge part of the power grid. Now I don't know if the guy was um was just has a problem with MGM resorts. We don't know yet. But hopefully we'll find out soon enough. There's a quote from the police. Ms. Marion clarified he he burned a Toyota Camry. Ms. Marion said he burned the vehicle at a Tesla solar plant and did it for the future. Ah so it's probably not about MGM Resorts. It's probably is he an eco-terrorist? Is he a is he a religious Terrorist, a radical Islamic terrorist. We don't know nobody's reporting on it. Here's uh, security footage. Yada yada yada. Uh, da, 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 major damage. Uh, following the incident, okay, this is a quote from the um, uh, Inverniej spokesperson, the, the uh, company that owns the mega solar array. Following an incident at the mega solar array facility, on-site personnel immediately notified authorities and shut down the plant's operations as a precaution in accordance with industry standard safety protocols. Ms. Marion was arrested uh, at a ground on Thursday. He's being charged with committing an act of terrorism, first-degree arson, third-degree arson, yada, 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 committing an act of terrorism. He's being charged for that. You would think that this would make national news big time, but it's not. It hasn't. Nobody's talking about it once again. An act of terrorism that affected tens of thousands of people, and yet we hear nothing? radio silence. You have to get your news from alternative sources and maybe a few local news channels that are willing to talk about it. That's not how things should be. That is one of the components of a risk of a collapsed society that we're facing here in the United States of America today. And it's not just about the border. We don't. It doesn't say anything about him being an illegal alien. Okay. And he probably wasn't. When he had a Toyota Camry, there's a good chance that, that he's been here for a long time. Maybe he is just an eco-terrorist. I don't know and that's the point why don't we know why don't we have more information about this why is there more discussion about prince is is he still a prince i don't even know prince harry's book okay and going against well, I, I i don't know enough about the story because i just glaze over the headlines but something about book and andrew and and markle and whatever i don't get into that stuff i can't who has time i'm not ripping on you if you do maybe that's your thing maybe you like following the royal royal family. I do not. I want to fi- follow terrorist acts committed against the citizens, the people of the United States of America. That, to me, is big news and it should be big news across the board, and yet it's not. What are they covering up? We know. We already know. Let's get to this video here by uh, from Infowars that really, I think, highlights the existential threat that we're facing right before us today. So...
1: English historian Peter Heather controversially argued that Rome was ultimately overcome by illegal immigration. Heather accepted the academic analysis that the Huns on the Pontic Steppe in the late 4th century set these migrations in motion. However, according to Heather, the assumption that the barbarians were then peacefully absorbed into Rome smells more of wishful thinking than likely reality. Rome had always been an inclusive society that welcomed immigrants. Immigrants were given employment in the Roman army, but were welcome only if they assimilated. Of course, Rome still fell. What makes anyone think that the United States and Europe can absorb violent non-assimilating immigrants from all over the world, with the result not ultimately collapsing 21st century civilization?
3: Berlin to the drug crisis in the United States
1: continues to escalate. This year, more than 100,000 Americans died due to a drug overdose. It is now one of the top 10 reasons for deaths in America. Breitbart reported that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration over its rule change, allowing immigrants into the country who will be dependent on welfare. Federal immigration law has required a public charge determination for immigrants which bars them from staying in the country if they are likely to use welfare programs like food stamps medicaid or government housing studies show taxpayers are being billed about sixteen hundred dollars a year per immigrant and that immigrants use 33 percent more cash welfare than american citizens similarly about 63 percent of non-citizen households use at least one form of public welfare, while only about 35% of native-born American households are on welfare. The architects of this collapse know
3: full well what they are doing. We hear frequently that people are at the center of sustainable development. And we know that, by definition, people are at the center of populations. Well, from these two simple observations, it, it follows that an understanding of population patterns and trends uh, will be essential for the successful implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development.
0: Let me be clear. Title 42 or not,
1: the border is not open. The collapse is right in front of us. As Californians flee for Mexico under California Governor Newsom,
3: you are leaving California too. Some fear that mass departures by the state's billionaires and tech companies could reduce local and state tax revenues. Just 1% of California's top income earners are responsible for half of all income tax revenue. Those drops could have the potential to affect the government services for years to come.
1: And illegals kill Americans at a higher rate than Americans kill each other. How many American children are going to be burned alive before our elected leaders decide to take action? The Republicans don't care. They don't want to stand up to the donor class. The Democrats sure don't care. They want new voters. Big business? They want cheap labor. Meanwhile, ICE is confirming that Jose Rosales... Who's accused of killing Harris County, Texas, Corporal Charles Galloway, is in the country illegally when he murdered that officer. Tell us what happened to your brother. He was uh, murdered in uh, 2018 by an illegal criminal alien.
2: She was rear-ended by Eswan Mejia, who was 19 years old, here illegally. Margarito Quintero Rosales told authorities he fell asleep at the wheel and his van
1: drifted into the oncoming lane. He was here illegally. There's not a day goes by in this country that there isn't at least one American citizen that dies at the hands of someone who's unlawfully present in the United States. Whether it is an act of homicide, whether it's an act of willful manslaughter, whether it's an OWI on the streets of America, hardly anybody can, can, has gone through the last 10 years and doesn't at least see that show up in their local newspaper if it doesn't show up in their neighborhood. The cold reality ignored by the media industrial complex lingers in the shadows of a crumbling America, vomiting the United Nations replacement migration directive fueled by globalist trillionaire NGOs kept in motion by runaway government corruption and rammed down the throats of the American taxpayer in order to usher in a new world order. John Bound reporting. I love a
0: lot of the hosts over at InfoWars. One in particular, John bound is I think exceptional. You know, you got him, you got Greg Reese, you got Christy Lee, you got some real talent over there. And it's a shame that it's at band.video. I would really one of the reasons people I've got a the a uh chat while the video was playing saying, "Hey, you know, you play a lot of InfoWars videos. Why is that?" And you know, and not that I'm complaining is what they said, "But why do you pull off from InfoWars?" I think that Listen, I I'll pull stuff from you know, Steve Bannon's show and other shows. One of the reasons that I always try to whenever I find a really good one over at InfoWars, one of the reasons I like to post their stuff is because they don't get nearly the attention they deserve. Look, I was one of those guys. I, I'll admit, I was one of those guys who way back when in the early days of InfoWars and Alex Jones, I was like, "Oh man, this is this is crazy." Okay? <laughs> I didn't didn't get into all this conspiracy theory stuff until, well, until we started seeing that they were right. And really, until the, the pandemic started rolling out, until I started seeing the response to the pandemic, the attacks on our, on our freedoms that were perpetuated longer than two weeks, that's when I started really getting more into it. And I, admittedly, I was looking into a lot of conspiracy theories before then, but the thing that kind of solidified the direction that I wanted to take as far as informing the people. This that really changed me in a lot of ways because I realized that there just isn't enough attention being paid to it. And then it goes in both directions, by the way, too. It's not just that I want to make sure that people are, are watching the conspiracy theories. I also want to make sure that they're paying attention to the right ones because let's face it, there's a reason why a lot of us were against the conspiracy theories in the first place. It's because a lot of them don't make sense a lot of them are I, I would argue here's my conspiracy theory to throw in the mix i would argue that a lot of the conspiracy theories that we hear today are actually planted by the deep state planted by the cia or whoever to try to to try to make us look crazy for talking about other ones and we have seen some of the craziest ones out there get published by some of the most respected in the field i'm not going to name names i'm not here to to uh, try to take take down anybody but I will say this, that when I find videos, commentaries, interviews, whatever, over at Infowars or Bandop Video or, or Natural News or uh, any of the various places that are, that are considered to be fringe, I like to publish them. If they make sense, as that one you just heard does make absolute sense, I want to publish them because people will have a natural tendency to avoid them. And I get it. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that gets posted on some of, these, some of these video sites, some of these places where it's like, oh my gosh, give me a break. Okay, let's try to stay focused on reality here, folks. There's enough, reality is bad enough. We don't need to try to make it any, appear to be worse with false accusations, false assumptions, false theories. I will look into a theory, I will give it its due diligence, and if it's not real, then I'm not going not gonna to talk about it or publish it. What John Bowen was just saying, absolutely real. We are under invasion. They are trying to use this invasion to destroy the United States of America. And if we don't do something about it, they're going to succeed. Let's call it what it is. This isn't exactly uh, unlikely at this stage. Sorry for that sour note, but we will be right back. Folks, the majority of our pharmaceuticals, the ingredients in them, come from China. They are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. We're already seeing supply chain issues. Pharmacies are running low on a lot of things. And if the crap hits the fan, as a lot of us think it may in the very near future, you will want antibiotics. And the best way to get that is to go to jdrucker.com slash meds. You'll be able to get a teleconference with an actual doctor. And then they'll send you meds. They'll send you like five different versions or types of antibiotics for the different ailments that could, that could hit us. These are great for long-term storage. You will, you will want them. And (laughs) it's one of those things where if you, if you need them, then you'll want them. If you don't need them, then at least you'll have them. So, and here's the thing. If you don't have them, you're almost certainly going to need them at least sometime in the near future. So jdrucker.com slash meds. For those who've been watching the news lately, we're seeing all this crazy stuff down in Brazil, and I did want to cover that briefly, but the funny part is that the the story that I have chosen to cover it, to really talk about the, uh, the I don't want to call it a revolution because we, we've got to see where it goes from here, but the, the unrest, the rebellion, the uprising that's happening in Brazil, it's, um, it's very telling that, number one, it seems an awful lot like an expansion of January 6th. So that concerns me because it makes me think, uh uh-oh, is this another example of the deep state, of the globalist elite cabal trying to take a righteous concern, such as what the concerns that we had about the 2020 election, the concerns that they have, the Brazilians have about the 2022 elections down there. Are they trying to to paint us as paint them? I should say they've already tried to. They were they're in the process of painting us as insurrectionists. Or are they trying to paint them as insurrectionists to be to be quashed, to be struck down? Are they trying to shift public sentiment away from those who rightly believe that that uh, Jair Bolsonaro was robbed, that the Brazilian people were robbed, that they installed a globalist, socialist, Marxist puppet in the form of Luna or whatever his name is? I think that they do. So I, it's funny because I found this story by Mike Adams over at Natural News yesterday that I wanted to talk about and it transitions perfectly into the next story. So we got two stories this segment that we got to cover. Let's go straight to, um, to Mike, Mike Adams, my good friend, Mike Adams, his, his post, um, referring to his show yesterday. Brazil's uprising is just the first of many we will witness in 2023 as humanity awakens against tyranny. Gosh, I hope that's true. I really do. I hope that this isn't just a false flag attack. I hope that this isn't the global elite cabal taking charge, you know, co-opting the the angst, the anger that they ex- they're experiencing down in Brazil, and trying to turn it into something ugly that they can then use to to end the anger, to to send people into hiding, as has happened here in the United States of America. Let's face it. After January sixth, after the arrest started happening, after they started throwing patriotic Americans who weren't really doing much wrong and throwing them in the gulag for for weeks, months, years. Let's hope that this is not the case and that Mike Adams, is uh, his optimism is justified when he says that this is hopefully the first. The first that we'll see in 2023 is humanity awakens. I hope that humanity is awakening. I do get to see that. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with him. I have seen more of an awakening. I get more, more contacts from people um, outside of the United States than I ever did, okay? And of course, I'm getting more contacts from people inside the United States than I ever did as well. But, uh, but, we're seeing an influx of people that are concerned and they, they're looking to the United States not just for guidance but also as an example in many ways of what not to do. I have people ask me all the time wh- Where where <laughs> had one guy send me, I, I, it was actually a woman, I believe. um I looked up the name just to see if it was a man or a woman. I think it was a woman uh, who said, "What do you guys do with your balls? you know why why are you allowing this name in reference to the twenty twenty two midterm elections that we believe I believe hopefully many of you believe, were also stolen just as the 2020 election was stolen. So let's get to this article, though, um, from Mike Adams over at Natural News. Titled, Brazil's Uprising is Just the First of Many. We will witness in 2023 as humanity awakens against tyranny. The mass uprising in Brazil, which increasingly looks like a carbon copy repeat of the J6 quote, insurrection playbook run by the FBI, is just one of many popular revolts we will see this year as large populations awaken to the truth about tyranny and genocide. As people are red-pilled, they come to realize these astonishing but true facts. And he gives this list, and it's an important list. Number one, elections are being rigged to install communists into power while defeating legitimate leaders who represent the people. Number two, COVID was a pandemic, and it was unleashed to force people into accepting quote-unquote vaccines that are actually infertility depopulation jabs, which have already killed millions. Okay, number three, The climate change agenda was never rooted in science or reality, but was a social control agenda designed to justify destruction of humanity's energy infrastructure and plunge the world into mass starvation and economic collapse. This is all sorts of great news. Number four, fiat currencies are rapidly collapsing in value, causing skyrocketing inflation across food, fuel, rent, consumer goods, and more. Number five, globalists are pursuing an anti-human agenda. That's actually a transhuman agenda uh, that seeks to total uh, that seeks total destruction of humanity as it currently exists. Even Breitbart dot com is so red pilled. They're now covering the transhuman the transhumanism luciferium agenda of Yuval Harari. And then number six, climate lockdowns and an, uh, another pandemic are on the way, all deliberately unleashed by. Uh, World Economic Forum-run authoritarian governments to enslave and then annihilate the masses. See, I thought this was supposed to be a very good, positive story. The way that he positioned it, it was supposed to be. But here's the thing. In a way, it is. Because what he's listing here, these items, these concerns that we, many of you have had, and that I know I've had big time, these concerns, the the truth is starting to get out there. Now, it's it's probably not getting out there as much as, as a lot of us think, maybe, maybe it's not getting out there as much as Mike Adams thinks, but it is starting to at least creep out there. People are starting to wake up. They are starting to ask questions, which again, I go back to why, why I like to post videos from, from Bandot Video, why I talk about articles from Natural News. Look, you can't. Okay, let me be clear. You cannot, you cannot post an, an article from Natural News on Twitter or Facebook. They won't let you. You can't find, you can't go to Google and find anything from band.video. It won't show it. So normies are having a hard time finding this information. I'm very blessed to be able to republish a lot of the articles that I see over at Natural News. I republish it with permission. I won't republish an article that I don't have permission to republish, and I do have permission to republish those in Natural News. I link back to them. I link to, you know, over at the Liberty Daily.com and discernreport.com. We link to a lot of stories directly to there. It's not like we're just republishing, but I do republish them because this needs to be shared. Get that above everything else. If it was just a matter of, hey, hey, you know, let's let's just share this and get the word out there. I would love to just do that, but instead I have to republish it elsewhere on discernreport.com, americafirstreport.com, noqreport.com, basedunderground.com, freedomfirstnetwork.com. I've got a lot of sites where I can publish things from natural news and other, other sources to try to get them some exposure because the, these, important, these articles are important. And the, the, you're not going to see this. Yeah, you know, he mentioned, oh, you know, Breitbart's coming around. Okay, yeah, maybe, we'll see. But you're not going to see discussions like this, generally speaking, on Breitbart. Or Daily Wire or Washington Examiner or Washington Post. Sure, they will post things that are important. Sure, obviously they do. You know, it's not all bad. They're not like all straight up shills for for corporate media or the Democrat Party, at least not yet, maybe for Rhinos, but that's a whole other discussion some of the day. Well, here's the thing. You know, you they're not going to cover this stuff. So the the sites, the quote unquote conservative sites out there, they're not going to be talking about this. You're not going to be seeing this on Fox News. So yes, on one hand, I'm very happy that we are getting to to see this information coming out and to witness more people paying attention, but it's still a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of the population. That's why I always tell people, please, you know, I'm very bad at promoting this show. I've been told that by multiple people. So yeah, uh, they have that phrase. I think it's it's Tim Pool, if I recall. that will always say, uh, "Smash that like button." Okay, we'll do that. Or no, no, he says, "Smash that subscribe button." I don't know. I don't pay enough attention. But but smash something. Get, get help get the word out. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Share it. Do whatever you can to help get this information out there. It's great that you're listening. I I love you for that. As I've said, uh, probably around 438 times, I've said that I have the most intelligent audience in the world. And I can tell that by the comments. I can tell that, you know, I cross-reference. I compare my comments to other people's comments. You guys are, are very smart, okay? You're with it. And I'm not blowing smoke when I say that. I'm telling you, you are, and it's true. Unfortunately, the the masses, the majority in our population, just aren't that smart, so you got to enlighten them. And that's Look, it's not me, okay? It's not, oh, you know, you, you'll get smarter by listening to that crazy J.D. Rucker guy. No, no, no. This is about the stories that I share. Okay, I'm I'm uh, I'm riding on the back of giants in many ways. Here I am reading an article by Mike Adams, who's been fighting the good fight since back in the days when I was still watching watching Hannity. (laughs) I don't watch Hannity, by the way, anymore, but I did. So let's finish up this part of the article because I want to get to the next part. That's that's uh, a great transition to the bigger story, maybe not bigger, but but equally big. Mike Adams, With the criminal felon president Lula in power in Brazil, that country will collapse into Venezuela territory. They're already using a J6-like playbook to round up and persecute hundreds of pro-Brazil nationalists who protested the rigged election there. They're fighting for their lives because they know that if Lula is allowed to remain in power, Brazil will become a genocidal dictatorial regime that wages war on its own people, much like the Biden regime in the United States or the Trudeau regime in Canada. Well, that's not good. It's okay. Well, things will hopefully get better here soon. We're trying. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Keep fighting the good fight. Don't give up. Pray, 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 pray. All right. Next section. Get ready for a controlled demolition of fiat currencies, followed by a central bank digital currency rollout. Most likely in 2022, or I'm sorry, in 2023 or 2024, we will see the final engineered collapse of Western fiat currencies, the dollar, the euro, the yen, orchestrated to drive the enslaved masses into central bank digital currency systems that function as financial surveillance and control systems run by globalists. This event will of course be presented to the public as some sort of crisis, most likely a cyber attack on the banking system that requires everyone to give up their fiat currency and private bank accounts in order to achieve protection and security offered by the fed through central bank digital currencies. The CBDC rollout will not go well. We predict it will not It will be met with intense, sustained resistance for the simple reason that a growing number of people already know that these evil globalists are up to. Anyone participating in the CBDC loses control over their finances since a government can simply shut off your digital wallet at any moment, which is exactly what Brazil has been doing to the bank accounts of protesters. Man, that's crazy stuff. So that's why I turn now, too. keep, Keep it going. I think we've got enough time. Let's go to Max Slavo over at shtfplan.com a cashless society is here next comes the cbdc and total control again I i know a lot of people say don't read the articles all the way through i don't i i usually stop at the important parts but this is I mean, again we're talking about important information i don't have to just sit here and spew forth my thoughts on everything i do i guess <laughs> i end up doing that anyway but we we can listen to other people. We can hear the words that other people are publishing. We can watch the videos that other people are out there. I, this is not about me just trying to get you guys to listen to my content, my content only. I want to expose people like Max Slavo, who technically isn't Max Slavo. We'll talk about that some other day. Max Slavo is no longer Max Slavo, but that's a, it's not a conspiracy theory. Don't worry. He's Max Slavo is fine. Doing well. Um. Anyway. The cashless society is here. Next comes the CBDC and total control. The United States is already largely cashless in 2022. Around two thirds of Americans didn't use any cash at all last year. Now, I find that hard to believe. I'll, you know, look, when I hear these statistics, I question them if they don't make sense. I'm not saying that this is a lie, but I, I, it's, it's got to be worded wrong. Okay. I, there's no way in my book, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm crazy, but there's no way that Two thirds of Americans didn't use any cash at all. I mean, I can see I know a lot of people that rarely, if ever, used cash. I'm saying very, very rare, only when they have to, but there's still circumstances where you have to, right? Am I wrong? I mean, is it possible that two thirds of Americans never use cash ever, 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 ever? I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong, but that one that had a little bit of an alarm bell in my head. Uh, we'll see. doesn't, and then here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether it's two thirds, half, three fourths, a quarter. I don't care. A lot of people, we already know that a lot of people don't use cash. So so let's just stick with that. And that number is increasing, by the way, as this becomes a reality, next comes the central bank digital currencies and with them totalitarian control of every single human being on this globe. Back in 2015, by contrast, fewer than one quarter of consumers went cashless, according to Pew surveys. In a separate poll, three fifths of consumers told Gallup they used cash only on occasions last year. Okay, that makes more sense. Twice the share of five years ago. The ruling class and mainstream media continue to tell the public that paper currency and coins are unsanitary, inconvenient, costly to handle, and easy to steal. Criminal enterprises thrive on the portable anonymity of $100 bills. Cashless transactions solved those problems, advocates say. They also allow Big Brother to track the American consumer's every move. And this is according to The Hill. COVID-19 hastened the cashless trend. The pandemic-inspired fears largely misguided that the virus might spread on currency. (laughs) Uh, Even today, it amazes me that after three years, three years of this crap, the misinformation, just about basic COVID facts, it just blows me away. Um, many consumers stopped carrying cash spurring a national coin shortage. Oddly enough, this is back to Max Slavo's uh, commentary. Oddly enough, even the Hill can't admit that COVID-19 didn't do anything. It has no power to regulate, control, or use propaganda. The ruling class is responsible for trying to panic the masses into doing exactly what they want. Disobedient slaves will not be tolerated, and those who are masters are escaping by blaming it on something that isn't a a, a conscientious being. I think they meant conscious being, but whatever. We are all about to be barcoded and marked so the masters know exactly what his slaves are doing, when and where. And this is uh, is a, a quote from Jay Stanley, who's a senior policy analyst at the ACLU, who I don't like. You shouldn't like him either. But let's get it let's, let's find out what he said. Uh, when you pay cash, I give you money, you give me a good and a story. If you're using your credit card for all of your transactions, then data is being collected about an enormous range of your activities including medical conditions, political donations, sexual activities, how much liquor you buy, how many cigarettes you buy. Now here's a quote from Lee Rain, Director of Internet and Technology Research for Pew. People have literally been changing the way they pay for goods and services. Hmm. It's true. That means they are making themselves easily trackable and traceable and data collection on them is becoming much too simple. For those, for those who use cash can still have a moderate level of privacy for now. And how long will that now be? For me, it's going to be as long as possible. But I think it behooves us all to assume eventually the dollars are going to be gone. It's going to be digital dollars across the board. This is why I'm very... Very bullish on people trying to find ways to have their own internal infrastructure within their own communities, try to trying to buy local, setting up barter, getting getting things of value that if you aren't just gonna be able to hand somebody a ten dollar bill, figure out something else to handle, hand them. So oh, out of time. Uh, no, we got one more segment. So be right back after the break. So let's be honest, the vast majority of long-term storage, survival food, prepper food, is just awful. I mean, it just tastes tastes really, really bad. And uh, that's why they expect us to to eat during the, the apocalypse. Well, if the crap hits the fan, I'm gonna actually be eating good food. I go to lateprepper.com, a website that I built, based upon two partnerships, the two companies that produce actually really good food. No need to set up a bulk discount, doesn't matter whether you buy one or ten. There's no no hidden fees here. As a matter of fact, we charge the same price that the, the source companies charge. The difference is we actually have exclusive discounts. Use promo code PREP2023 for 10% off or, for the you big spenders, use code PREP2030 for 15% off on orders of $777 or more. Go to LatePrepper.com and eat well for the apocalypse. So as I promised earlier, this is the story that I skipped that uh, I wanted to make sure that we got those other stories out there about terrorism, about Brazil, about central bank digital currencies and all that stuff before we got to this one, because this one, it's not that this one's any less important. This is extraordinarily important, but this one will have a longer shelf life than the others. This is big news. And for those who don't know, yesterday, Alex Berenson was the latest journalist to be tapped by Elon Musk to do a Twitter files drop, and of course, this one had to do with uh, with conspiracy theories pertaining to the vaccines, and more importantly, vaccine critics, it's not just, not all the conspiracy theories out there are just about the, the dangers associated with the COVID vaccines, not all the conspiracy theories are about the lack of efficacy, or whether or not, you know, COVID itself was, was intentionally released, if it's a bioweapon, if the vaccines are bioweapons, or anything like that. Sometimes the conspiracies that, and these aren't just theories, these are now proven and have been proven for a while, even before the Twitter files. Sometimes the real conspiracy isn't covering it all up. That's why, again, I can't repeat myself enough when I say, make sure that your normie friends are aware of channels like mine. Okay? Make sure that they're tuning in, going to, discernreport.com, thelibertydaily.com, Okay. If they want to, those are the best places to start for anybody out there. Revolver.news. Okay. Revolver does great. I still I'm trying to reach out to get, get Darren Beatty on my show. Um but we're 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 at at a point in American history where you cannot rely. And maybe you never could have, but but at least now we know for sure and I think more people are waking up to the fact you can't rely on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, or New York Times, Washington Post. You can't even really rely on, on any of the quote-unquote independent journalists that aren't out there with, with a focus on telling the truth. There are certain ones that I love, okay? One of them is Kyle Becker. Kyle Becker is a name you may or may not have heard of. He's been on my show before. Uh, I'll have him back on again very soon because the guy knows his stuff. We don't always agree on literally everything there's, I I would say that he is, um, he's definitely less conspiracy minded than I am, but he also has some fantastic, fantastic reporting. uh, That is, he really, he's, he has a talent for cutting through the bull. I mean, let's call it what it is. That's really, at the end of the day, what are commentators amongst journalists supposed to be able to do? We're supposed to cut through the bull. We're supposed to see a story for what it really is, to take the news and dig down to perhaps the root cause of a problem and report on that or or find solutions that are different from, oftentimes, or affirm the same when we find a solution that's good, but find those solutions and get them reported. Because, again, this is why I do commentary. I don't just do, I would love to. I would love a world where I could run a straight-up news site. I would love that. That was my intention. I got into journalism early on in my life. I mean, even high school, being editor of the school newspaper. Going through in in college, again writing, and then my first job out of college was at the Edmund Evening Sun, a little newspaper in Edmund, Oklahoma. Okay, and I wasn't even technically a reporter. I got a few articles before realizing <laughs> very quickly that my my then uh, uh, young and and uh, pregnant wife, that we weren't going to be able to make it off of a journalist's salary. So I got into the ad business. That changed my life. Okay, I mean, let's face it. For those who didn't didn't, didn't know back then or don't know now, it's the the uh, advertising that drives the narrative. It's not the other way around. The news doesn't drive what's happening in newspapers or what's happening at television stations or or Fox News or anywhere else. That's why it's so important. And we see not it's important in in a bad way, and we see you know um brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer we we see that all the time. Why does Pfizer bring you all this stuff? What investments are they making into i mean are they they getting people to say, oh, well, let me go get let me go get my next drug from make sure it's a Pfizer drug? No, they're not advertising that they're controlling the media. That's the whole point because as I learned at a young age. It's the dollars, the, the ad dollars that control the actual narrative at these newspapers, even at a small place like the Edmund Evening Sun. That's why I made twice as much money in advertising than than writing articles. Thankfully, praise God, I uh, came to my senses back in twenty seventeen and and uh, got out of sold my my marketing company, got out of marketing and advertising and that whole sorted game, and got into the much more sorted game of of journalism. So here we are today. See, you you finally got my life story. People have been asking for that. Uh, not very many, but some have asked. So I might as well, thought I might as well share. So let's get to Kyle Becker. And this is the Twitter file's latest release. According to his article over at BeckerNews.com, some conspiracies are actually true. And it's a quote from Elon Musk. Musk reveals secret Pfizer operation to censor vaccine critics. Again, like I said, some conspiracies have nothing to do with with what's actually happening, they have to do with what's being uh, how the people are being prevented from learning what's actually happening. According to the article, Twitter owner Elon Musk has revealed a secret Pfizer operation to censor vaccine criticism on the platform. More Twitter files, Musk said, um, some conspiracies are actually true. Musk was referring to an official Twitter files release from mRNA vaccine critic Alex Berenson, who was personally targeted by Twitter and prevailed in a lawsuit against the social media platform. My first Twitter Files report, he he says, how Scott Gottlieb, a top Pfizer board member, used the same Twitter lobbyists as the White House to suppress debate on COVID vaccines, including from a fellow head of the FDA. That was a tweet from Berenson. Thanks to Elon Musk for opening the files. Berenson referred to his popular Substack publication as a host of three public Twitter files. It detailed how the head of Pfizer and former FDA chief worked to censor mRNA vaccine critics. And there's a quote from Berenson's notes. On August 27, 2021, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, a Pfizer director with over 550,000 Twitter followers, saw a tweet he didn't like, a tweet that might hurt sales of Pfizer's mRNA vaccines. The tweet explained uh, correctly that natural immunity after COVID infection was superior to vaccine protection it called on the White House to follow the science and exempt people with natural immunity from upcoming vaccine mandates. Interestingly, this is a claim that I, I being Kyle Becker, have personally made that has drawn purported fact checks from political operators. But the claims that Gottlieb targeted were, uh, was not made by a quote anti-vaxxer like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Berenson writes, but from Dr. Brett Giroyer Geroyer. Hmm. I hate, I hate names I can't pronounce. By Dr. Brett, who is a physician who had briefly followed Gottlieb as the head of the Food and Drug Administration. Okay, they say follow the science, they say follow the trusted doctors. Well, there you go. Dr. Brett saying the natural immunity is effective, more effective than the vaccines, and those who have natural immunity should not be forced to get vaccinated. It's a common sense concept. And here you have Pfizer calling on Twitter, and I'm sure calling on. Facebook and everybody else to censor this guy. This guy, you know, if if Anthony Fauci thinks that he's the science, this guy's a lot closer to the science. How do we know? Because he's saying scientific things that actually make sense versus the bogus, false lies that spew out of Anthony Fauci's mouth that continue. I mean, he's supposed to be done. Why is he still even a thing? Really ticks me off. Of course, we've got Dr. Peter Hotez coming in there trying to replace him. We'll talk about him on another show. Well, furthermore, your uh, tweet encouraged people who did not have natural immunity to get vaccinated. So it's not like this guy was a straight-up anti-vaxxer. This guy was saying, get vaccinated if you don't have natural immunity. But if you have natural immunity, you shouldn't be forced to get vaccinated. You're already better protected than the vaccines can do, in other words. Gottlieb, from Pfizer, emailed a Twitter lobbyist named Todd O'Boyle who maintains relations with the White House. The post was corrosive, Gottlieb claimed. He argued it would, quote, end up going viral and driving news coverage. Uh-oh. As reported earlier on Becker News, while Twitter was cracking down on medical experts who defied the manufactured consensus on the COVID response, it was all allowing fake accounts to spread COVID mis- misinformation to flourish. Okay, these accounts didn't exist. Uh, hopefully, I'm, hopefully, uh, all of you have heard this by now, but if you haven't, pay attention. This is This is sad, funny, but sad. The the San Francisco Standard uncovered how some of these viral influencers were clearly fake accounts. One such example was an account called Doctor Robert Honeyman. I'm not even gonna comment. I'm just gonna leave that there. Doctor Robert Honeyman. Honeyman used they them pronouns and claimed to have lost a sister to COVID in November of 2022. That tweet racked up over 43,000. Likes. 43,000 likes and 4,000 retweets. The profile associated with Honeyman's account was a stock photo. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, according to the standard, the supposed husband, Patrick Honeyman, was a photo of an insurance professional who lives in <laughs> Wayne, Indiana. Oh, my gosh. The standard reported that they gained influence with woke virtue signaling. And this is a quote. Uh, the two fake doctors whose accounts urged extreme caution with COVID-19 were part of a network of at least four fake accounts that touted their lies to the LGBTQIA plus community, vocally advocated advocated for mask wearing and social distancing, and dished out criticism to those they felt were not taking the pandemic seriously. Dr. Gerald Fisher, another one of the fake accounts, quote, displayed rainbow trans and Ukrainian flags next to his name and described himself as, quote, an ally for all in the... Hashtag LGBTQ, whatever, you you know what I'm saying. You know the thing, Um, the the LGBTQIA plus community. Hashtag wear a mask. Dr. Steve Staville, a fourth account, claimed affiliation with the University of Antwerp and described himself as an LGBTQ plus ally and a proud mask wearer. These fake accounts were able to burrow within woke culture and then spread COVID misinformation by preying upon the left's craving for confirmation bias. These doctors uh, doctors were s- uh, scared of the virus, believed in the correct pandemic principles, and were part of the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, and they supported Ukraine. <laughs> Ian Miller, a journalist who has uh, worked tirelessly to debunk false claims that masks work to stop the spread of COVID-19, recently reported on the issue. The fake accounts were originally uncovered by Joshua Gutterman-Trainan, a self-described gay writer pursuing a Master's of, of Fine Arts at Bennington College, The, the Standard reported. Guterman trainan posted a thread on the Honeymans, which uncovered improbable vocal support for Chinese lockdowns. Come on, China, stop protesting. I wish we had similar lockdown measures here, Robert Honeyman wrote in a November 27th tweet. People. I, I gotta stop right there real quick. Just just real real brief random. Listen, whether it's the World Economic Forum, the Chinese Communist Party, our own government, the deep state, the globalist elite cabal, George Soros, Barack Obama, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, doesn't matter who it's coming from. If you ever really look into what they're doing, it's all aligned. We might see quote unquote, you know discrepancies between what the chinese communist party does and what the world economic forum does we might see differences of opinion allegedly between what ukraine the ukrainian government is doing and what is being recommended by the council for inclusive capitalism we might see vision or division between what the biden harris regime is doing and what the deep state is doing it's all fake they're all aligned and in many ways they're very very much coordinated so when you see people pushing for masks and also simultaneously saying, hey, China, you guys are doing the wrong thing with all these protests, the people of China, I really wish we were out here in the United States having, having the same type of restrictions that you guys have. You, you should be lucky. What does that tell you? It should tell you that, of course, the cabal is much, much bigger and more united and more coordinated than even I or, or other conspiracy theorists have acknowledged. Let's get back to the article. While Twitter allowed such fake accounts to flourish on the platform, it was actively censoring and suppressing COVID experts that defy the manufacturer consensus out of Washington. The Twitter files released in late December show that Harvard epidemiologist Martin Koldoff was targeted by Twitter for suppression. We knew about that. When asked if younger younger people who had already been exposed to the SARS-CoV-2 virus needed to be vaccinated, Dr. Koldorf replied, no. Thinking that everyone must be vaccinated is as scientifically flawed as thinking that nobody should. COVID vaccines are important for older high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infections do not need it, nor children. As journalist David Zwieg of The Atlantic and other publications noted, this drew the attention of Twitter moderators. Internal emails show an intent to action by a moderator saying Koldar's Tweet violated the company's COVID-19 misinformation policy and claimed he shared false information. The Coldor statement was an expert's opinion, one that all one, which also happened to be in line with vaccine policies in numerous other countries. Yet it was deemed false information by Twitter moderators merely because it differed from the CDC guidelines. After Twitter took action, Coldor's tweet was slapped with a misleading label and all replies and likes were shut off, throttling the tweets ability to be seen and shared by many people. The, uh, ostensibly core function of the platform, Twitter's uh, manufacturing of COVID consensus by allowing fake accounts pushing information to flourish while suppressing experts who held scientifically valid positions goes beyond editorial malpractice. It did immense damage to the medical profession by undermining the scientific method and the public policy process. Pfizer is yet to publicly respond, and I have not checked lately. I haven't checked uh, since the story came out. Uh, in the last few hours but i assume that they're not going to respond nor will the government nor will anybody outside of twitter and and the people that are talking about it like kyle becker i'll repeat it for what the fourth time this show this is why it's important i don't care how in the know you are you're you might think that your friends your family that they they at least have heard of this stuff maybe you just don't want to you don't want to bother them. Maybe you don't want to, to get into an argument. Folks, we're in a life and death battle. We're facing multiple existential threats as a nation, as a world. So now's not the time to say, uh, I'd rather just go along to get along. Now's not the time to say, well, you know, screw them. If they, that's, that's on them. If they don't know, what, what difference does it make to me? You know, I know, JD knows, Kyle Becker knows. You know, if, they, if they if they don't want to know, then that's on them. We can't be like that. We have to spread the word. I am falling on my sword, ideologically speaking, by starting this new YouTube channel. I don't like it, but I know it's necessary. Sometimes we do things that make us feel uncomfortable. But that's how we're going to win. We can't win by staying in our comfort zone. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, we'll stay strong. Stay safe, and God bless.